99 drinks still left to go Welcome all in and enjoy the show It's me though, I'm the host You know, so sit back, relax, grab a snack and let's go Modi on everybody, welcome back to the 99 Dreams podcast. I'm your host, Rawri. If this is your first time, welcome in. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Today I've got a very special guest, another person from Taranaki. He's from Upunaki this time. So we're getting around the Mona. We've got the former GM of the Taranaki Airs, uh, one of my good mates from university, Mitchell Langton. What up, bro? How are you? Good mate yourself. Good, bro. Good, good, good. Whereabouts are you from? Like, give us a bit of a core why Norway. Who are you? Where are you from? And what are you up to? Uh, Mitchell Langton, uh, born and raised in Opanaki. Um, got a brother, a sister, two stepbrothers, stepsister. Um, grew up you know, pretty much my whole life in, in Opanaki. Studied down in Otago. Um, did a couple of years up in Wellington. Came back to Taranaki for a, for a little stint, as you said, kind of mentioned, and then I've uh, now found myself migrating up to Auckland and uh, in the big city of sales. So that's me at the moment. Not sure what the future holds, but loving life and enjoying everything at the moment. So thanks for having me on the show. So glad to have you here, brother. Thanks again so much for uh, agreeing to do this. And bro, you've briefly touched on it. You spent some time down in Dunedin. Uh, for those that are watching the video, you got to get to see this. But for those that are listening on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, wherever you're listening, you might not get a little bit of context. So go and check the YouTube video if you want to see this part. But, bro, do you remember this shirt? How do you still have that? <laughs> <laughs> bro, I just found it today uh, as I was searching around the wardrobe. I was like, oh, bro, perfect timing. A lot of the Let's chances. pull this out. Oh, that takes me back to, uh, what was it, O-Week initiations, was it? Um, you know, the, the walking on your hands and knees from PE steps to, to um, oh, what's the bar called? Starters, eh? Yeah, we had to crawl all the way to Starters like a baby. Yeah, and then the old um, kegs down at, oh, what was it, down in one of the, on the one of the parks. And then, no, it was a good time. That was kind of, that was kind of the high of, you know the the drinking scene of Dunedin, and no, nah, I loved it. So what a memory! <laughs> <laughs> right, it was such a good time. I think like that's where we first met too. We were in the same gym class, but I think we first met PEO week. That was the first week of PE school. Eh? Yeah, I think like we we caught on pretty quickly. Um, Jerry, Charles, you, me. I don't think Charles actually came to that that initiation, but kind of similar kind of chat, um, kind of reasonably. <laughs> you know similar ish backgrounds um but no that was a good week i can't to be honest i don't, i definitely wouldn't be able to fit mine if i tried to put mine on again <laughs> eh, to be honest <laughs> bro this is so tight i felt like i ate the dude who used to wear this <laughs> tell me about it. i look at myself in the mirror every day and i'm like what happened to you <laughs> few too many brews bro a few yeah. too many brews exactly exactly <laughs> One question Jerry did ask me to ask you is, how the fuck did you go from not attending classes to having guest appearances in our classes? He wants to know, how does that happen? Oh, I don't know. I kind of winged it, eh? Um, I don't know. I kind of, 
it's an interesting one. It's kind of like, do you answer politically or do you answer casually? Because I had a feeling something like this would come up. So um, I'll give you a little bit of both. Uh, short answer, casually or politically, is is you listen, you learn, and you move on. Probably, and then your casual conversation would be kind of like, or you kind of back yourself in what you do, right? Like, I I didn't really enjoy class. I thought that it was taught at a pretty slow speed. Uh, I thought that you know a lot of the ideologies that they teach are, um, are very past-driven instead of present and future. Um, so I didn't really see eye to eye um, and really took that, well, I kind of just loved coaching and ended up turning up in a class and being convinced that, you know, running or lecturing a class is, is going to be easier to get your points. And I was like, well, points get me a degree and a degree gets me out of here. So the quicker we do that, the easier it is and get me out of there. So, <laughs> no, it was good. Oh, well, Jerry, what's Jerry's question? Uh, well, I didn't see Jerry in the class either because we were outside the class. <laughs> he doesn't know anything. We're the ones that are both not in class. So, that's a fair comment. That is a fair comment. <laughs> no, it's a good question. No, I loved it. Um, university as a whole was a great experience. You learn a lot. But, you know, I think a majority of what transitions you into a person actually is what's not in the class, it's what's out of the class. And I think that's that's where everything goes these days. And well, that's my opinion anyway. And <laughs> nah, I, I'd say I'd have to agree with you. I don't think I really learned anything until I hit postgrad. In terms of undergrad, yeah, it's pretty slow taught and not really relevant if you want to move into a proper career. Did you find that? Well, you kind of already worked your way. Yeah, like I found that um, the way people lecture and, and the way that classes are constructed, um, they're very generic. So, you know, there's no personability. Um, there's no understanding of people's backgrounds, um, circumstances, anything like that. And that's probably the key reason for, I think, a lot of people's um, bad relationships or how they kind of see university post university graduating or not um so it's an interesting one i think yeah if you can get along with students and kind of teach them the the good things about about what they're learning even if they don't want to you know you're probably going to get more out of it uh i well, i took and ended up in governance and sport and management and i can tell you that much i didn't do great in that class and i didn't agree with what they're teaching and it sounded really boring and then you know, you get the right person kind of leading you into something, leading into a, leading you into a story uh, that that you didn't really know existed at university, and that's the great thing about moving on and getting over it. Yeah, true that. So, I guess in that sense, how because you kind of worked in that space a little bit whilst you were here in Taranaki, right? Yeah, um, or before university. Or post-university? Post-university. Like, how did you go from having such a boring class and then turn that into something that you can uh, do successfully? Oh, successfully is probably a bit of an overstatement. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, I don't know, like, you've got to back yourself in what you believe. Uh, you've got to be open to, to learning on the fly. You either learn at university and transition into, into work um, probably a little bit easier or yeah 
don't do much at university and you have a steep learning curve going into your first kind of job that it really takes you takes you by surprise so depends on you know your own personal mentality around learning and I was like well university I didn't really crack it and I didn't do that well and I didn't agree with it so what's my excuse to not do well in, in the workforce and that was just like kind of you know living and breathing the job that you're in and you know some people say that you, you love it you got to be in it to love it but you've also give, got to give it a chance you know you don't know what you what you're missing out on a lot of the time so I don't know I just followed basketball from why well, kind of away was offered a job Bas New Zealand obviously before I graduated uh, which was a really um, lucky circumstance uh, for me uh, and then from there followed it through and I kind of always thought that I would be in sport uh, but you kind of it's an interesting one always been in sport doesn't mean that you want to be in sport for work because your, your, your relationships tarnished around uh, why you enjoyed it uh, and that's probably one of the reasons why I for the first time I'm talking about it has kind of stepped out of sport for once is now I can be back in that space and an enjoyment and kind of playing aspect instead of having all these kind of environmental factors around you enjoying something that you did when you were a kid. Can you elaborate a bit more on those kind of pressures from having to work in that space? Because if we've got listeners and viewers out there that think that they want to get into that, what are some of the pressures, you know, that take away from that enjoyment? Well, it depends on what level you're working at, right? So if you're, you're kind of starting out, then the balance of, of, of work-life sport balance is a lot easier as you're kind of transitioning into those, I guess, somewhat higher roles. You know, there's a lot of people looking at what you're doing, you know, how do you, how you perceive, for example, if you play basketball, you know, how do you expect players in your team to act when you're acting a certain way on the court if you're super competitive? You kind of have to take yourself out of it from a playing point of view. Um, and then obviously the aspect of socialising, you know, being out, being depending on your age, you know, like, you know, what are people's perceived ideas of you when you're working at that kind of level? And, you know, are they expecting you, you know, you go out once and they, you know, that they think that's a, a reoccurring thing, but actually, and, you know, what what is that perceived idea? And the younger you are, unfortunately, the more you have to be leaning to the side of, of conservative and yeah and you know working with you know working with friends is a tough one you know like yeah you know you've, you've got a relationship that you have to keep um outside and inside the season so all those things are just variables that you probably don't really know until you're in it and it's probably quite an um interesting circumstance unless you're in it and you've been in it so hope that helps a little bit yeah, no, that's huge. That's huge advice. Because um, I guess the most important thing at the end of the day is that the relationships that you had heading into it are maintained and retained um, coming out of it as well, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but different people in it for different reasons. And, you know, at the end of the day, everyone is somewhat, you know, surviving, you know, pushing for themselves and when it comes to negotiating and working on contracts and, you know, 
they're trying your friends are trying to get the best out of it and you're trying to get the best out of it and it doesn't ruin relationships but it definitely throws a curveball away and yeah that's just one of the you know one of the big aspects of of trying to manage in sport that you love and the other big one is probably we obviously in the spotlight all the time in my in my job yeah you're really we've seen to to be performance uh based and you know the success of the team and stuff like that uh, so yeah it's just it's a lot of pressure but at the same time you decide if you want to thrive in the pressure or, or not you know oh. if you're as much as they point fingers they also support you when you're doing well so it goes both ways it's a double-ended sword sport is very fickle like that right when, when you're on you're on and everyone's on the bandwagon when you're off it's uh, you're very off and everyone's throwing stones and how do yeah how yeah. do you guys deal with that pressure um well, you kind of look at it, so you can look at it on like a day by day, or you can look at a big picture and you focus on the small things because if you look too far ahead, the picture's too big. Um, and then you kind of just back yourself and and then it's up to you to, to kind of hit what you think is performance goals for yourself. You know, basketball, we didn't expect to, to finish where we did and that was just a bonus really. It was around, you know, what what are our expectations that, we should be upholding ourselves to personally and um, as a club as well and, and what the board should have expectations for. And once you kind of settle on those, it's tough to, to, to lose, but at the end of the day, you kind of can't get ahead of yourselves. And even, you know, being one of the top teams in the league year round, you know, there's still a tough pressure and you need to set expectations that you do have bad seasons and you do have, you know, sick situations. You have players that get injured. You have players that have COVID. You have players that are that are that are you know having visa problems. Can't get them to the country. What are you going to spend? You know, what is it going to be? It's just a moving target. So, you know, you kind of set yourself goals, and if you can hit those goals, and you you kind of take it. Yep, perfect. You're back. Hold on, let me just mark this clip. That kind of cut out, didn't it? Just tore yeah. my phone off. What was yeah. I even saying? Um, yeah, that's what I was trying to think. I was trying to think, what was the um, the question? Oh, it was around the pressures, right? Narrow mindedness. So. Yeah. Around here. Can I just so, carry on and then you'll cut it? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll cut it back in post production. So, um, what? Are, how do I word it? Like, what are some of the pressures that you receive to succeed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, hold on, I'll just ask again. <clears throat> so what are the, some, some of the pressures that it um, occurs when you guys have so much expectations to succeed? Yeah, so it's kind of, you know, figuring out what your expectations are, um, you know, as a, as a person, um, as a club, as a board. Uh, you know, what are you setting for yourself? You know, what are the pressures? Obviously, there's going to be some around performance. But if you're kind of following yourself to to where you want to be and what you want to do, then you kind of can't really be upset. It's tough because people are obviously pretty, pretty cutthroat, as you kind of said. Um, but, yeah, you just kind of got to hold it to your own. Um, you know, people win all the time, and, and that's stressful because then you've got to win. Uh, the coach and I always had a 
had a bit of a joke. Is it is it more stressful to lose every game because you know you're going to lose, or is it more stressful to start winning games because then people expect you to win? You know, what is the expectation? What what, what is a harder expectation? And they're different. They are different. You don't know until you're in it. You know, every week you got to be bigger. You got to be better. You know, what are you doing different? What are you making changes? Last year, when you lose, you just take it. No, oh, yeah, we, you know, you know, we're not that great. You know, we're not performing well. Uh, we didn't do this, so it's different. It's different. Um, but yeah, keep it, keep it uh, short. You know, focus on on the little things because the bigger picture is probably a little bit daunting and scary. And you'll start ticking off those boxes, and before you know it, you'll be 50, 70, 80, maybe even 100% there of, of what you expected or further. Right, right. And so I guess building off of that, how do you manage the expectations of the players if they're coming over from overseas? Do they expect to be in a winning team or do they expect to sort of be middle of the middle of the row? It's a tough one. Um, I, only, we, I only had to recruit for one year. So it was Javante, we... And that wasn't me. That was, you know, um, our chairman and some of our coaches that really got him in. Played here in uh, 2019, I think. Um, great player. Um, great guy as well. So getting him in was, was not really me. Um, and he was great. And then the second guy was, you're just working with all these agents from around from around the world. You're kind of setting a, an expectation around, hey, we've got this amount of money for this many months, this amount of US dollars. Um, this is the position we want. We don't want them shooting this percentage. Um, we want them doing this, this, and this. And you kind of send it out and then you see what you get. And then when you kind of get to that point, you're like, oh, I like them, or oh, I see something in them. And then you're kind of having those, those more of a full on conversations um, around you know, reliability of agents. Do you trust them? Do they have a great background? Have they proven that they've got players into this league before? Did they provide um, or prove themselves? And then from there, you kind of pitch them what you've got. Well, that's what I do anyway. Tell them straight, you know, we've, we've got this problem. We're probably sitting here on the table. We're missing this. We'll be playing this many minutes. You know, what else do you need? You know, you're an older person. Okay, how can we support you? Um with physio, strength and conditioning, all those things that you're kind of creating or focusing on for that player, you know, longevity in playing versus, you know, coming out here and playing 40 minutes a game. You know, I want to play 33 minutes a game because I'm older, I need to look after my body, I want to play another five years. All right, so what can we do to make sure that you can do that rehab-wise, looking after you, you know, all those types of things. And you're kind of just pitching an idea of, of what you've got and what you believe you're going to get to. So I believe that we're going to be a top four team in the league by the end of the season. I've told you what I what I believe and I've told you the reasons for that. Now it's up to you to make that decision. And if you think that decision's the right, right way forward, then it's up to you. You're the one that takes the lead. I'm the one that's chilling in New Zealand. <laughs> but, yeah, true. but whatever we kind of say, we, we most likely try and front out with and stick to. Obviously, sometimes what you expect and what you say at the time is just a lot of changing um, or moving targets that that sometimes you can't control. So you do have to have those tough conversations with players in New Zealand and and imports as well, or players from overseas around 
now well this happened here this happened here and we're not sure about lockdown you know well this happened here well we you know budgets are here and that's just kind of conversations that you really don't want to have but you have to have um but yeah keep it keep it keep it pretty real i'd say is the best way don't over overshoot and under deliver yeah, and I definitely learned a lot this season. I definitely made some promises that I shouldn't have made and then um, had to follow through with them, which ended up just absolutely stretching me to the limits. Said, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that. And then before you know it, it's 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night. I'm still going to do it. So setting, probably setting that precedent a bit earlier around what the expectations are, there's probably a big learning curve that uh, took, a, took, a, took a tough toll on me. Um, when it comes to, to work-life balance, um, but also taught me a lot going forward now and in, in, in my new role and setting expectations and, and, and driving a, a mission in a direction that you believe is best for yourself, the organisation and, you know, efficiency and all that kind of stuff. I guess going off of that, because we caught up in the middle of the year at some point, you were run off your rags, bro. Can you give us an insight into what a general day for you looked like at that point in time? Uh, it depended. Uh, maybe, to be honest, got up pretty late, got up at eight. I'd say maybe minimum two days a week was meetings from probably nine to five p.m. And then I'd work from, you know, 5.30, get home 5.30, at work while watching TV watching eating dinner probably work till 11 o'clock at night sometimes you know looking at 12 1 a.m's depending on you know what you need dealing with but i'd say my kind of normal quota of hours is probably 60 hours a week you know maybe to a couple hundred hours here and there depending on the situation um but yeah just seven days a week uh, always on call always need to do stuff. People always needing it now. And I, I can tell you, you, when you know what, what tough it is, then you, you're very grateful <laughs> as well when it comes to other stuff. But also, you know, like support from, support from uh, you know, the club and stuff like that and understanding they were flexible on, on me seeing um, my partner obviously lived in Christchurch and going down there and you know if I need to go down there for a couple of weeks I could work from there so perks of the job with the flexibility and essentially I guess being your own boss so you just got to figure out what the trade-offs are in the situation you're in as well so yeah and so then how do you build a balance amongst all of that or have you found a balance now that you're kind of up in Auckland yeah, I think balance comes from from managing yourself. I believed I could fix the world, isn't it? Like in the in the general manager role, like you're doing everything. So I kind of let the the work overcome the life. Uh, and you kind of get so far, and you're building all these routines and expectations that it's really hard to get out of. Whereas I definitely learnt my lesson, and now that the routines. Uh, and expectations that I'm that I'm rolling with now are, are definitely a bit different. So a lot of it, I believe, is is self-inflicted, um, or in my case anyway. So 
you know, setting that precedent from the start, I'm not going to do this. Or, and that's not an unreasonable, I'm not going to do this. It's a, hey, I am going to finish work at 6pm and I probably won't take phone calls for work until the next day or I won't reply to emails unless I really have to. Instead of, you know, taking phone calls at 9 o'clock at night, emailing till midnight, you know, working through that and running it back over and over again. Yo. What about you? What's your work-life balance, eh? There isn't one, man. You just, you, you, I do my nine to five and then I work on this. I do these podcasts. I edit the videos uh, and then I try and find time to finish that fucking thesis. That thesis? <laughs> the one that's, that keeps on giving, is it? Yeah, man. I, I, I think I'll get there. I hope I get there anyway, but I think I'll get there before the end of this year. But, um, if we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. It's just live and learn. You take what you can and give what you can. And maybe twenty twenty three is a year for you and your graduate and your um and your thesis. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying that every year. Even at undergrad, yeah. I was like, bro, once this is done, I'm off. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, I think it's twenty twenty one. You're even telling me you'll be done by like June. Yeah. Yeah, I've just been pushing it back. This is a deadline that keeps running away. <laughs> we'll get there one day. No, no. We'll get there one day. I think that's why I procrastinated and started this whole thing. Yeah, you're like, oh, I've got nothing else to do with my time. I might as well start a podcast because this is a, a large priority and what I need to do. And it's a reasonably good reason to, to procrastinate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking of procrastination, I guess going back to uni days and stuff like that, what are some of your methods of breaking procrastination? Breaking procrastination. Poor. I don't think I did. Like I <laughs> I don't think I actually cracked it. I reckon for I definitely wouldn't have gone to fifty percent of my classes ever. And I could never even convince myself to study for exams. To my own detriment. <laughs> and then, like, I worked. I don't think I started when I got into the ears job because, like, every day you're judged on what you what you do. Whereas, like, when you're at uni, I, you know, you study and do get shit grades. Oh, well, next one, do better next time. And you get around to the next one, you're like, oh, well, I didn't learn this time. Maybe, maybe the next time. <laughs> so, I don't think I have the, uh, the recipe for... Uh, breaking procrastination probably uh, probably the worst at it. So yeah, it's just time. Eh? You decide when you want to when you want to stop doing it. I still procrastinate now. Like I, when I work, I'm fine. And then when I get home, I'm like, oh, do I really want to do that? Oh, it's tomorrow's job. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, so I still have traits of procrastination. Some might call it laziness. I call it being smart. You know, more efficient. Yeah. But, yeah, so if you're asking for some advice, you probably need to ask the the next uh, person you podcast because it ain't coming from me. Well, I guess that's helpful. That's helpful. I guess procrastination will never stop. Exactly. You know, like sometimes you just got it for life and you got to live with it. That reminds then, me of um, so- that story. Well, not, it's not a story. It's a, it was an actual thing that fucking happened. Um, do you remember that night we were studying at Māori Centre for Falcus's paper? It was like the exam was the next day. It was like you, me, Jerry, Hamiora. I can't remember who else was there. 
Like you came in a little bit later in the afternoon, in the evening, and was pretty much teaching it to us because we were we were shot. We had no chance in hell of passing that paper. Yeah, well, great at teaching, terrible at executing. Eh? Can talk the talk on anything, but gosh, get me an exam and I'm horrific. So, but yeah, I don't know. Just didn't really. Yeah, I don't really. I don't really crack the university thing, eh? I don't but, think anyone does. <laughs> well, if you did, then good on you. Yeah. If you did, you're uh, I might do a master's. I'm thinking of a master's. I might, oh. What would you do? Am I growing up enough? MBA? Uh, yeah, business, yeah. Oh, nice. Been, yeah. But like, uh, am I old enough yet? Am I grown up enough to not procrastinate? And I'm just like, whoa. Oh. Not sure. I still love getting into bed and just watching videos and chilling. So, I can. Who knows? Who knows? I can definitely tell you. I've, I've witnessed one of my mates in Dunedin going through an MBA. Uh, he did not enjoy it. He enjoyed it, but it was, it was very challenging. You've really got to have your head in that space if you're going to do it, bro. Yeah, it's two, two years or something. Three. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. Three years more of. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But it's we'll so beneficial. It yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it kind of helps with whatever I transition into next, which I don't have a clue. Maybe I just love my job here and and just love it. But I don't know. Just keep learning, keep learning, figure it out as you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty much the whole premise of this damn podcast. <laughs> just learn and just find go. your way through. No, just go, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh, I don't want any questions beforehand. We'll just throw it out there. Have a yarn. See how it goes. Yeah, 100%. That, that, I think that's where the best magic is created is just when you just got the freedom to flow. Fuck it, see how it goes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So what, what have you been up to in the meantime? Uh, so, well, left my job in September. Had a two-week stint in in Australia, catching up with some friends, just relaxing. And now I've started a job in logistics. So a bit of a, bit of a 180 really, um, moving into supply chain. What is a supply chain? Don't ask me yet. Um, just figuring it out as we go, you know, picking something up, putting it down and and making people happy. But it's awesome. You know, yeah. You get to meet all these people from different places, different backgrounds, different stories, and they're pretty cool people, you know. And there's a lot of them. So, and the and the work environment's great, real supportive. So, no, loving it. And Auckland is not as bad as everyone says at the moment. Touchwood, not catching, not catching the traffic yet. Um, you know, pretty easy trip into town. So, yeah. That's me at the moment. Not planning on moving anywhere soon. Give it time, bro. I reckon Auckland will just rub you the wrong way. I reckon give give it time. No, I see it. I'll do four years. Gosh, if I do four years, who knows? But it's the plan. <laughs> Got to have a plan, right? Got to have a plan. Or maybe you don't, but who knows? <laughs> uh, that's me at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to learn more, you know, uh, extend the variety of tools that i could potentially use eventually yeah i was just about to say know. that too like um what are some of the new skills that you'll learn in this role that you've got now 
Oh, it's a, it's an interesting one, eh? Like, yeah, learning about, you know, containers, the vanning, you know, all the systems that someone built. Like, it's an amazing system that someone built years ago around how you put stuff up and then how does it get from from your warehouse all the way through and ordered in a way that can be sent out to where it needs to be. And you think about it, like you're pretty much picking up something from A to B, but in a simple term, but you know, what is it? It's probably a little bit more sophisticated and, and um, interesting. So, and there's a lot of business involved in, and um, numbers and a lot of growth uh, in the organization. So I don't know, challenging, but at the same time, very rewarding and, and can be uh, crossed into probably a few different um, job opportunities in the future. Yeah, it sounds that way. It sounds like involved is a lot of networking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're working with clients all the time. Well, I'm not yet. I'm working with a couple of clients at the moment, you know, growing that portfolio, understanding who you're working with, what are the demands, you know, what can you actually offer, um, you know, working with some, some pretty key guys that have, have really taken the company to, to next level stuff and, and really been through that. So getting to learn from people, you know, having people above me um, that can mentor me and, and really keep me accountable on a, on a daily basis, which is what I really wanted wanted to step into next. Um, you know, being general manager, you, you do have that board above you, but on day to day, you're making a lot of, a lot of decisions uh, with probably only advice from one other person. Whereas now we sit in, sit in a, you know, we've got 500 employees. We've got, you know, a few hundred, you know, a strong senior leaders team. And, you know, you've got a few pretty amazing heads sitting around a table that you can just listen to and learn from, which is something I want to do again. I want to learn a lot. I want to learn fast. I want to work hard and just really enjoy myself. You talk a lot throughout this entire podcast about learning. Uh, who have been some of your key mentors in life? Mentors in life. Guess my dad. No, <laughs> no. Uh, growing up, yeah, parents obviously good. Um, you know, really competitive and pushed us kind of to do what we needed to do. Supported us in our failures as well, but at the same time, kind of, yeah, as as every parent does. And then moving into to basketball, I had a um, some really good. I had a really good boss in at Basketball New Zealand who was a great person but was really strict and, and very um, process-driven. It's probably a, a good way of putting it. So, yeah, I, I understood what, what a process was and what to follow and how to keep to it. And if you don't have a process, then you're not going to have anything. And then probably moving into into uh, the GM role, uh, I had a, a good friend's dad, um down in Christchurch, that really has helped me through that. I've got a, another friend at um, Sport New Zealand who's helped me a lot. And then I've got a, another good friend who's who's got his fingers and a lot of funding uh, and understanding funding. And, and then as well as some pretty cool people on a, on a board that, um, you know, a lot, not a lot of people support a 25-year-old that asks a lot of dumb questions and, and just wants to try hard. So when you get those people around you, um, you know, they kind of help 
um, decide on the level of your growth and, and how you want to be. And that's the same in this job. You know, I've got some great mentors already and a lot of people that are willing to support and willing to help. And if you've got people around you that want to teach you and listen to those dumb things, uh, you wouldn't believe how fast you can learn something, you know? I'm not a reader. I don't read books, but I talk a lot. I talk to a lot of people and, and you know, those people with past experiences, the stuff that you can't learn from a book, the stuff that, uh, you know, they've done before, this, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that those types of people are the ones that really take you from from uh, height to height, I guess. And Yeah, yeah. so had a few, still got a few, and uh, hopefully eventually I could be somewhat of a mentor to, to a few people when I uh, age a bit further and and uh, take on, you know, get a few more experiences under my belt. Some would say that you've lived a lifetime of experiences yourself, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you've had some experiences still a lot you know, you know you think you've you think you know a lot and then you meet someone and you're like I don't know a lot <laughs> that's true and then you meet someone else and you're like well I know half of what I thought I knew and then, you know and it's awesome you know like and all these people just have these absolute amazing backgrounds of, of what they've done and you're like wow you know I've only scraped the surface of what what's interesting well interesting to yourself you know so yeah why it's good to talk to people right yeah i guess it is i mean before we we started this podcast and we were just having a chat you know that in itself the the things we discussed there was invaluable knowledge so i guess um building off of that and onto that a bit more is um, do you have any advice that you could give to people starting up their own business or starting up a brand getting out of something that they're currently in or um, just trying to do something new to build up something on the side? Poor. I want to give advice, but I haven't done it really. So I can't really speak too much. So I probably can throw some ideas about probably what I want to do and what I'm looking to do uh, and what I kind of listen to and kind of follow. But, you know, you got to, you got to find a fix in the market. You've got to find something that, that you think some people want and something that you're passionate about. And then you're going to got to figure out, you know, what level of uh, input you're going to put in uh, financially, emotionally, socially. Uh, what are you going to do there? And, and what are your expectations of you getting out? And that's probably a big one. You know, are you expecting to to run the world in a week or are you expecting to, you know, start off small? Um, you know, what are those goals and expectations? And that's probably where it is. And then figuring out the, the source of potentially what you're accompli- going to accomplish. So what does that mean? Are you going to start from the core and work back? I want to run a business that does X, Y, and Z. But to get there, I need to figure out a manufacturer. How am I going to market my brand? What am I going to do? Um, where can I go from that? Who, who do I know or who can I lean on to help me start that process? Because at the end of the day, it's who you know and what you know. And, and a lot of the people that you can lean on are the people that have been there and done that. So you can skip those steps. And that's the whole point of having relationships. And eventually, hopefully, you'll get to that point where you you run something or do something successful, and then you can be like, "Well, I'll loop you in here, or I can help you here, or here's a connection here." And that's the whole point of networking, right? Yeah, that, that's yeah, one hundred percent the whole reason you network and the whole reason you maintain relationships rather than throw it away because you haven't talked in a few years. You maintain those relationships so that when there comes a time and a place, both of you can reciprocate that. Um, 
how, how do I word this? That uh, well, that shared relationship when it comes to I need something, you need something. One day we'll both be able to help each other. Yeah, and it's also good to have that relationship where you can both also like kind of um, go off and do your own thing. But when it is that time to you know catch up and talk. Um, people build their lives just because you don't communicate all the time doesn't mean you're, you're not close it's just kind of you're grounding yourself and figuring out wh- what what direction you're going uh, but yeah no that's what I believe anyway I don't know if that means anything because I haven't done it yet and I still haven't figured uh, what I'm going to do when I'm going to do it and what I'm going to put in and what I'm going to give out I guess that's the beauty so, of life you know, though right I'm failing on all four yeah I'm failing on all four of my advice <laughs> uh, pillars right now I guess so who knows who knows it's it's uh but, not how you start it's how you finish that's what i tell myself so i'm <laughs> hoping that finish comes soon enough and <laughs> when it comes to some things so yeah well i was talking to um another guest previously and they said you know even though um and that guest was 27 yeah like you know i'm 27 i still have plenty of time because he used to teach and he had clients coming in that were you know 60 70 and they were starting a new avenue of life and he was like hold a minute like don't want to be rude or anything but aren't you close to you know the grave yeah like i even think these days um you know what you do and when you started is so different to you know say 20 20 30 years ago um people were pushing off you know, some of those things to try something new or, or you know, to be more youthful. So I reckon you can, you know, taking out things as 60s, 70s becoming more common, you know, the pressure of success is not, you know, early 20s, oh, sorry, late 20s, it's, you know, potentially 40s, 50s, even 60s. And a lot of people I, I know that are, that are successful actually probably weren't that successful in their early to mid-20s. They kind of lived their lives, tried some stuff, made some mistakes, learned from them, and then eventually, you know, kind of owned it. So, yeah, there's plenty of time for everyone. 100%. Do you think, though, that because of um, social media and so much um, success is flaunted on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, you see the likes of, um, I don't know, the Kardashians, the, um, what's that dancing girl? Charlie D'Amelio and things like that on TikTok, you oh. know, their fast overnight success. Everyone thinks that it can happen, and if they're you know twenty and they're not a millionaire, they're failed in life. Uh, I think social media. I think um, the accessibility is probably the word of the internet is the reason. Well, I, no, well, to be honest. I don't think that instant gratification has changed over time. I just think um, the accessibility to it has changed over time. The um, ideas of, of how to cut corners, everyone trying to cut corners. You know, it's just, there's just more accessibility to cut corners and there's more opportunities to try and cut corners. And for that reason, you know, probably people are stressed around what is success and when it is. But at the same time, it's just a just a clickbait for 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 people, and you know how to get rich quick. Trust me, I've read those plenty of times and been very tempted. Uh, but it's just accessibility, you know, with everything we do these days. Um, you know, you you would have to read you know, fifteen years ago. You'd have to read books on understanding stocks. 
you'd have to read books on um, all these kind of indirect ways of investing, supporting family that a lot of people didn't know about. And then you've got, you know, all these people now on shares, you know, stocks, talking about NFTs, talking about all these things that uh, get rich quick. And that's just due to the internet. And it's only going to get worse. You know, there's going to be, you know, everyone's looking for that. What is that next thing? I'm still looking at it, you know, like what is, what is that next thing that, that I can get in front of? What, you know, what, what race am I going to win? That's going to allow me to get some easy money. But, you know, you've got to have some money to, to risk it. And a lot of people haven't got to the point of, you know, sustainability support that allows them to potentially put some money in a risky place or something like that. So that's probably where I, I stand on all that kind of stuff. So the internet is great in a lot of ways, but at the same way, you know, it's leveled the playing field in, in some aspects, but also created another massive avenue for, for misinformation and uh, potential uh, yeah, damages to family and stuff like that. Yeah, hard up. It's crazy though that you do mention that that technology has helped advance our um understanding and our accessibility to knowledge like stocks and like um nfts and crypto because i definitely know growing up that was not a thing that was like things you see in movies and you hear about wall street and you're like what the fuck is a wall street yeah wall street you know what are stocks when did they crash another big one for me is like the pokey machines oh, yeah like you know, like you got all these people that spend money on pokies. So what do you do? You make online pokies, and then you make the bet so big that you're going to win more money. And then now you've got people that are sitting at home, hoping further that you know they're going to get it. It's going to happen. So they're literally just baiting you into to all these reasons why and why and you're going to win. Yeah, and that's where it kind of sits. It, yeah, it's. It's crazy. I, I guess it's all, all of it's kind of like that. Um, you know, NFTs, crypto, gambling. It, it's the way it's marketed is kind of like a get rich quick. Everything's marketed as a get rich quick. Yeah, like you you look at some of the marketing plans of you know casinos. Um, it's quite crazy what kind of research they do into into you know what is, what kind of light what kind of um, you know, you know, why can't you see outside? You know, because you don't want to know what time it's, you know, you what, what are you doing? You know, is it that easy? Is it, you know, what is, how easy can they take your money? And how quickly can you devalue the value of money? So I'm going to spend $50 on food that's going to get me three or four meals, but I'm not going to spend on this. But if you put it online, the actual value of it. So they're trying to devalue what your perceived idea of the value of money is and everything that they do these days. You know, I'm going to put $50 on a, in a, in a token and I can lose that in one second by literally putting it down on a roulette table and losing it, but I wouldn't spend $50 on something else. I chuck $50 into my pokies and I go, well, I'm going to online, I'm going to spend $50 and I'll put it in and I'm expecting to lose it. It's out of my account now. I don't worry. I won't go spend fifty dollars on something else. So, main aspect is attracting people by you know what is exciting. How do we get there quicker? And then devaluing the value of of money probably is what I'd say. Right. I guess kind of on that similar band of thinking and talking, 
What what is your take on NFTs and things like that? Um, read a lot about NFTs at the start. Got into shares. Um, love this idea of NFTs. Kind of under, kind of got the grasp of of what it is, but kind of. I didn't think the concept was right. I think, like, there's well, there's a concept for it, sorry, but is it in in the kind of realms of an NFT? And you know, could is it possible to to spend that amount of money and move that amount of money around the around the world so quickly? You know, what is crypto? Um, you know, when when is crypto going to merge into into one? one currency you know what are those worth you know you're buying you've got so many moving uh kind of platforms when it comes to nft purchase of crypto you know what is it worth all these things so it's probably a bit turbulent for my liking at the moment and then you know you hear all these great stories you know it's probably one of the best storytelling making money quick uh, ways probably ever right um that is probably again the most accessible to see and read. You always hear people who win. You never see, you know, hear people or see people that lose. And I've got a few friends that have, you know, made six figures on on NFTs. And one day, you know, yeah. So uh, if you're in and you got it, great. But again, it's one of those those someone has to lose money for you to make money. That's true. That's true. It's just not made money. It's not made money. And I haven't been following it. Um, that much to be honest I don't really understand or last couple of months I've kind of been off it so I, I don't really understand, haven't really followed the old you know um, currency of money versus purchasing you know what does the crypto hold you know what is its value and stuff like that and and what is the NFT market going so I probably couldn't comment maybe you know a bit more about it than I do now uh, it's iffy at the moment like because we're in a massive bear market there's not a lot of movers and a lot of people have um, missed out because Ethereum dropped a whole bunch. Um, the price of NFTs are dropping and a lot of people got scammed out because they brought pretty much just a, an ugly ass image. And they didn't get anything beneficial from that. Whereas, um, I'm not going to say his name because no free clout on this channel, but the guy who did, the um, Polaroids, everyone knows him, he's super famous, he's done Polaroids, he did 99 Polaroids, um, and each of them, you get a special advantage every time you buy one, so there's one of him at his brother's fight, and so he signed the back, and then um, if you brought that one for a fuck, I don't even know how much it went for, but it went for heaps, if you had brought that one, then you get to come backstage and walk ringside with him at his next fight and things like that. So I yeah, that's yeah those cool. kind of NFTs I'd invest heavily in. And, you know, he's already super famous. Probably no one listens to this channel that's on his level. But, um, yeah, he had a very smart and very intelligent idea because not only do you get a picture of the um, Polaroid, but you get the Polaroid, and then you get to go and hang out with them and do certain things. Yeah, but it's crazy, right? You're opening up to a market and you're, again, putting money into a place that you then don't have to, you're not expecting to get back. Now, if if you went to an auction and bought it, you'd you know spend a tenth of of what that is, or you know even even probably less than that. So you know, again, you're trying to I guess devalue the value of money, <laughs> and you did it. But I honestly, I'm 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 so out of the NFT um 
kind of conversation now. Um, I'm sitting in the, the kind of of the corner of it's just sit there and see see where the world takes us because it's quite it's quite crazy what's going on and yeah it is quite turbulent at the moment there's no real certainty in anything right now and um, crypto nfts even our own like regular currency is so much turbulence at the moment uh, everyone's expecting a recession coming up soon yeah um yeah i don't know you know i'll see a recession when i when i see it you know what does a recession you know do for for everyone obviously it's it's harder and tougher, but there's obviously potentially positives in every recession. It just depends who you are and where you situate yourself. Don't know where I sit at the moment. Probably hit me like a shit ton of bricks when it happens, and I'm like, oh shit, that's what a recession is. But who knows? Who knows? I'll believe it when I see it. And when I see it, I'll probably be like, ah, oh, damn it. But... I guess it's just the excitement of everything. You, you live, you learn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Probably just keep a job better to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. As long as you maintain what you've got, then you'll be sweet. Yeah. Live within your means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Figure out the rest. <laughs> so I do a thing on this um on this show where I ask a couple of questions. Um the first one is what advice would you give? Let's go with Let's go with sixteen-year-old Mitch. What what would you tell sixteen-year-old Mitch today? Sixteen-year-old Mitch. What was sixteen-year-old Mitch doing? Oh, sixteen-year-old Mitch. Um, I'd probably be a little bit more realistic around you know what what you expect you're going to do with your life. You know, there's a lot of people putting a lot of things into your head that probably aren't not obtainable but probably a lot harder than you probably expect so you know what you know what are those what is that pathway understanding what pathways are and where they lead you and and having you know secondary you know third third options as well so probably understanding what expectations are and and what goals you set yourself and and what is reality um so you know probably back then i thought i was going to be in the nba and then after that i didn't actually know what I was going to do. I studied one year at uh, Wellington before I actually came to Otago and didn't have a clue what I was doing. So I put all my eggs in one basket. So maybe, so maybe, yeah, having expectations, having secondary, potentially third, third plans, but at the same time, I still don't know what I want to do. So, you know, I'm in logistics and I never thought I would ever step foot in this industry ever. So, you know, it's quite, it's quite common that people when they get older they change into something that they never expected so just be open-minded as well open-minded you know be realistic and and move on from there take take and take opportunities as they come I kind of made a rule when i was younger that you don't say no say yes to say yes to pretty much everything you know put yourself out there you know you know put yourself out of your comfort zone that's what you do most of your growing mm-hmm. right? take it from your comfort zone yeah yeah that's exactly right so yeah that's probably it <laughs> Don't know if you ought to listen, but it's probably a bit naive and arrogant. But. <laughs> and the next question, which is a follow-up to that, is what is something that you want to tell yourself five to ten years from now? So think into the future and listen back to this podcast, to what you said. What would you tell yourself? 
if I were to tell myself yeah. something, it's probably live in the present and not in the future. Because I'm a I'm a very forward thinking person, and and before you know it, yeah, you're in that future, and you're looking further forward, and you don't get to to really enjoy your present. So I'm trying my hardest. So living in the present and enjoying the people you're around and any experiences that you make and then do do the future in the future. That's a pretty powerful statement right there. That's a pretty powerful statement, bro. Uh, I definitely find myself getting caught up, <laughs> you know, with this going, all right, where can we go next? What what else can we do? How can we make this better? How can we build, 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 build? And then I forget that, you know, shit, i got to start. Uh, yeah, like, we've also got to, like, be in the present to learn from the past. To be, to be better in the future. So, you know, be in the present by learning from the past to have a better future. So, you know, what does that look like? So, that's right, small steps, you know. <laughs> so hopefully I'll listen to that one when I'm 36. <laughs> and, and, I, and I don't have uh, my partner telling me still to, to, to try and live in the present because I'll probably have a ton of great years then. <laughs> Who knows you'll be running your own logistics company. Oh gosh. Give, give me a bit longer. I need to I need to figure out the whole picture before I figure out what I'm gonna do. But definitely would like to own something at some 100%. point. I know you'll get there. I also have a thing. It it was supposed to be a dream jar and I forgot to ask my first guest, um, to put something in, but now I've got a, a shoebox where I'm just throwing in um, all my guests' um, dreams. It's actually uh, Trey Young sneaker box. It says, "Always remember when they doubted you on the top." So I was like, "Oh, yo, that's perfect." So, um, yeah, the idea is that one day I'll have all these guests, and we'll be able to reflect on all of their dreams that they've shared and replace my backdrop with uh, a massive board of just people completing and achieving different dreams of these as well as mine mine are going to be on this yellow paper um and my guests will be on the pink paper just because that's what i've got on my bloody table at the moment so what's a dream that you have or that you'd like to one day achieve how big is the dream i want to go to mars with elon musk (laughs) um no, my my biggest dream sounds kind of boring, and is uh to be able to 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 live a life that my family is is able to do what they want to do, and when I have kids that I can afford to allow them to to do what they want to do, and 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 to not have any issues or stresses around doing something and when we're going to do it, and if we can do it, and what are we going to do. So that's probably a dream. That's probably the the biggest driving factor for me at the moment. Hard out. That's a huge dream. Um, that's amazing. Just to have that freedom, that energy, and that time to achieve their dreams, I guess, is what you're trying to say, yeah? Be set up in a position where... Yeah. Yeah. Um, mum always said it. My mum did. You know, like I had my time and then my time to have kids is then now it's my kid's time you know so you you just got to figure out you've got your time now so i've still got my time now but you know there's going to be a transition period so you know when you're going to be ready so you know work your butt off now but also love it you know start preparing yourself for 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 future or trying to think about present enjoying present but also doing a little bit of future 
and allowing them to to live a life that they want to live and and not have any worries. Oh, that's wicked. That's on. See, everyone that I've asked their dream has been nothing but fire. Like um the bro, previous he talked about you know uh, living in a space where we're no longer abiding by or not driven by you know racism and greed and things like that that's his dream so i was like bro that's wicked yeah um and you know your dream is more closer to home but it's still perfect you know it's not selfish nothing too fancy nothing too fancy like um (laughs) i think what my first one before i took it out was like real real just what is it like a vanity item? I was like, yeah, uh, I dream to own a McLaren. That'd be dope. <laughs> As I sort of, you're not allowed to take them out because then you can laugh at them. It's not. This would be a rule. You can't pull them out. That the once they're in, they're in. You should tape the box. I could, I, yeah, I, I should tape the box. Actually, I still can. You should tape the box, and then you can never pull one out. We used to do time capsules when we were kids. There's a couple families who would, you know, do some time capsules. We went. Really, we didn't go to it, but we were there to when they pulled them out and they put put them in. When probably two thousand and two, they put one in, and then ten years later they pulled it out. And gosh, you know, the things that you laugh about, the things that you just like, oh my gosh, this kid was just tricking some la la land when he wrote these things. You know, thought the world was made out of bloody chocolate and lollies. Yeah, so it's good. Keep them all there, and then you get when you get a ruinous, you can't be like, "Oh, I took this one out." Yeah, or, you know. All right, I, I wrote it, wrote it down. I'm putting it back in. Yeah, put. It's good. Back in good. The, uh... You know, it's not all about the good things. It's about all the growing. <laughs> that is true. That that is actually some great advice. Um, so yeah. This has been so much fun, bro. It's been a great catch up. I'm conscious of the time. I know you're a super busy man. Have you had dinner yet? Oh no! I'd love well, to you, from you need to go have a feed, so. bro. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. It's been good. I always uh, said I wouldn't go on a <laughs> podcast. I I told myself I would never do it because I don't really like opening up around you know like what I do and my 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 opinion on on stuff. So yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like you were the right person to do it. I, so. I really am super appreciative that you did because it's been so much fun just listening to your stories and what you've been up to and continue to get up to. This has been fun. I've really enjoyed this one. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm excited to see what, what you can do with this and, and the platform that you can grow from. Uh, I do believe that there is, a, there is an avenue in New Zealand to start off with with these types of podcasts um there is a market and then there is a market for branding you know and i think that you've got you've got some pretty key traits and and uh, cultural perspectives that can really um really land uh, in a lot of people's hearts uh i believe in you so good luck and I'll Thanks be so much, bro. Before you go, do you have any anything that you'd like to say to the audience? Um, you know, where can they find you? How can they reach out to you if, if anyone's um, wanting to catch up and rack your brain a bit more? Well, well I guess you can probably send me an email. No, um, no, add me on Facebook if you want to have a have a chat. Um, don't feel uh, like uh, I don't love you if I don't message you. I'm pretty 
pretty useless when it comes to messaging, as you all would know. Uh, I run a pretty, pretty uh, crazy lifestyle, so I don't really spend too much time. If you can, if you can lock me down, then I'll talk talk your ear off. So, so give give me to a place, offer me a beer, and and we can probably talk for a few hours. Hundred percent. He's not even lying, ladies and gentlemen. If you do get the opportunity to ever catch up with Mitch, it it, it is a whole experience, especially if you get. Living easy, Mitch. If you get living easy, Mitch, you, you're in for a good night. You're in for you know mixing like Gatorade type fluids with uh, all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it That's right. Exactly right? it. So, ladies and gentlemen, I highly recommend you. If you are interested to in getting a little bit more out of Mitch, hit him up. You won't regret it. Buy him a few rounds, and it'll be a <laughs> night you won't forget. Trust me. <laughs> But Thanks, thank you mate. so much Appreciate for joining it. us here on today's podcast, bro. To everyone at home, Modi order, take care, Fano. Kakati. <laughs>